Well, hey everyone, and welcome to Fallout Off the Record, episode 58. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight, as always, is Shaleen. Hi! So, hopefully you guys noticed that already things sound a lot better, and that's because I kind of cobbled together something where I can run the audio, and it sounds a little bit better, although I think I'm clipping a little bit. Anyway, thank you all for joining us in this lovely evening, so let's go ahead and get to our ads. Tonight we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com and if you are looking for awesome headphones and earbuds that don't make you look like Mickey Mouse like mine tend to do sometimes, head to TweakedAudio.com for all your earbud needs. And then when you pick your favorite pair out, or the pair that you want, enter our code off the record, which is all one word, at, checking, uh, at checkout to receive free shipping and 30% off worldwide. Uh, so yeah, that's our code off the record at tweakedaudio.com to receive 30% off and free shipping. I need a sip of coffee to keep my mouth moving. Okay, alright. We're also sponsored by Audible. And uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and sign up for the free 30-day trial, you'll receive a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shaleen recommends... I'm not sure if I've ever recommended it before, but I'm going to recommend the Dresden Files series this week. The first book is called Stormfront, and it's about a wizard private eye set in the normal modern world. It's sort of like Harry Potter noir. Um, the audiobooks are narrated by James Marsters, who played Spike in the Buffy the Vampire series, and he kills it. These books are really well read on the audio. I've never ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? No, I've never seen it. I wow. should. I should have. You should. They're good. I know, but I think I missed that boat. So they yeah. hold up. They hold up. Do they? I watched one just two days ago. All right. Hold up. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to check out that book, uh, you can get it for free when you sign up for a free 30-day trial on uh, audibletrial.com/questgamingnetwork. You can also become a patron of our show by heading to patreon.com/questgamingnetwork, signing up for one of our rewards there. Also using our Amazon link on our website. Remember to clear your cookies before you do that. And also, last but not least, but definitely most importantly, share us on your social media, send us some emails, start it, strike up a conversation, like, subscribe, and retweet our steps, and tell your friends all about us. On tonight's show, we have the news. Fallout IRL makes an appearance again. Also, we have our gameplay recap, the challenge recap, and a new one. Also, Fallout OTR recommends lore weapon of the week and some emails. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our news. If you like news, you're gonna love our next segment. What happened in the world of Fallout this week, Shaleen? Actually, not much. No. Um, a lot of this news is only ancillary to Fallout and not directly Fallout related. We're gonna start off with this Fallout fan film that I found. It was Fallout Growing Pains. <laughs> Um, directed by Trevor Stevens, uh, done by Super Gravity Pictures, and they are currently working on a feature film called Rocksteady Row, and the same crew and actors did this Fallout fan film. It's about a 10-minute uh, movie. It was pretty cool. It was maybe uh, story-wise not really there, but the action and the costuming were just really good. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, this is the one I sent you. You probably didn't watch it, huh? <laughs> Yeah. I haven't had time to do anything this week. 
yeah. You wouldn't have watched it if you had had time. It's okay. <laughs> we love you anyway. But you should all watch Fallout Growing Pains. It's pretty cool. Our next item is that there was a mods update from Bethesda. It gives mod creators more control over comments. Mod creators out there can now disable comments on your mods, and you can delete specific or all comments on your mods. And they've also improved reporting. So all of that is good. Awesome. And go ahead. Uh, no, I was just about to say everything was not going to be okay because I set my big mug down and it was half on my desk and half hanging over my keyboard. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of anxiety. A uh, lot of anxiety you just created there. That would be no good on my Razer keyboard. Really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. So the next item, I know this will make a lot of our listeners very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not you, but lots of our listeners. Okay. Wasteland 3 was announced. Um, Brian Fargo's In Exile Studios will be making a direct sequel to Wasteland 2. They are crowdfunding the game on FIG. They hope to raise $2.75 million. The isometric game will have co-op, like Divinity. It is a party-based RPG with a complex story. They added vehicles, environmental hazards, and a revamped, more fluid action system. Hmm. And this one, this really interests me. This one is going to feature synchronous or asynchronous multiplayer. You can quest together or split up. So say that you and I started a co-op game and I had to go to work. I could go to work and you could continue to play. And the actions that you took would affect my game. The choices you made. So yeah, you could either help me out or totally troll me. And judging by the look of your face, I think we can guess which one would happen. I think I think this I think we I think maybe we should look into doing this, Shaleen. This might be fun. I do. In I lieu, think we need to stream this. Did it say how many players you could have simultaneously playing together? How big if it party? did, I don't recall. But you play as the sole sole survivor of a Ranger Team November. You have a Ranger base that's very important. You can build it up, get it staffed. It's set in the frozen wastes of Colorado. And it sounds like the choices made by you and your co-op partners will be very important to driving the direction of the story. <laughs> Sorry, chat room, Vendertron, ignore me. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Wasteland 3 will release simultaneously for Windows, Mac, Linux, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And I totally think that we do need to do some, some co-op Let's Plays of this game when it launches. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be our band-aid over the injury that is no fallout mmo yeah fallout 4 got a patch it is out now for all platforms it fixed a game-breaking nuka world bug that sometimes occurred oh look at how i spelled occurred let me just fix that <laughs> that sometimes <laughs> occurred if gage was the active companion when the grand tour quest began it also had some minor fixes for Far Harbor and contraptions that were not detailed in the in the patch notes. Awesome. And our final item in the news is that Fallout Frost released today. So what is Fallout Frost, you may ask? Um, do you remember Fallout Dust for New Vegas? Yeah, uh, y yes, I remember it being about five minutes long because that's as long as I could survive. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Dust, Rick? Do you remember? Much about it. Dust was a survival mod that went to the nth degree when it comes to survival. Um, 
and it was for New Vegas, and I remember installing it and playing it, and it was just, I would walk, like, away from the, the start, and then, and then run back, and then sneak away from the start, and then run back, and then die. I, it was so difficult, and it required so much time and patience. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah. That's what that was for New Vegas. So I could only imagine how difficult Frost is going to be. Well, the creators of Dust uh, made Frost for Fallout 4, and I just copied over the Reddit post here to read to you folks. Awesome. Frost is the successor to the much-beloved and much-hated Dust Survival Simulator for <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. Frost's goal is to transform the world of Fallout 4 into a freeform survival game with an emphasis on lore and visual storytelling. Set in the years following the Great War of 2077, you will see new replaced lore, challenging new enemies, and many overhauled gameplay systems. Many areas in the game world have been visually overhauled as well. In Frost, the goal is not to complete quests and join factions. Most vanilla NPCs have been removed or changed beyond recognition. Your only mission is to survive, however long, and this doesn't require any of the DLC, and shout out to the follow subreddit where I found this. Awesome. That sounds insane. Of course I'm going to have to try that one yeah. of these days. I think it looks pretty cool. I don't think I'm ready for it yet. Yeah, that that's insane. And that's it for the news this week, Rick. Alright, so that is it for the news. We have our segment, Fallout IRL. And you mind if I take this one? I would love for you to take this one. Um, so... We've, we haven't done Fallout IRL in a long time, and I sent Shaleen to news story, well, a news story and then something else that's interesting that we'll cover later on. But, uh, yeah, this is our Fallout IRL segment, and this is, we found this on IFL Science. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with IFLS, it's an amazing science blog. Um, I, I love it. But the title of this news article is Top Secret Cold War Nuclear Missile Base Unearthed by Climate Change. Now, regardless of whatever you think of climate change, it's a real thing. Um, this secret base was in Greenland, apparently. So I'll just read part of the article here. The base was called Project Iceworm, a code name for a top secret U.S. Army program that began near the beginning of the Cold War. The idea was to construct to construct a network of mobile nuclear missile launch sites under the vast Greenland ice sheet, the second largest in the world. That sounds intelligently brilliant and stupid. By placing around 600 medium-range ballistic missiles here, the U.S. could strike the Soviet Union relatively quickly. Um, so, in order to see if this, in order to see if this project was actually viable, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began covertly digging into the thick ice sheet and started to build facilities capable of holding weapons of mass destruction. The cover story provided to the Danish government, which owns Greenland as an overseas territory, was that they were building a military base at the surface named Camp Century. Um, this outpost nearby another American base at Thule was, purport was purportedly designed to explore the possibility of performing scientific experiments in the ice sheet. If this isn't vault tech, I don't know what else is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Rick. Absolutely. So, you've got missiles. You've got nuclear missiles. You've got Cold War with the Soviet Union in, in lieu of China. You have... Covert operations being covered up on someone else's territory, right. no less. But it gets better. Um, let's see here. 
so this is where it turns r really interesting. Um, from 1959 to 1963, the cover facility and the secret underground nuclear missile base were both developed, and a small society including shops, hospitals, theaters, and churches popped up in order to provide for those living and working on site. Unfortunately, ice cores taken by the geologists at Camp Century revealed that the glacier was slipping forwards at such a speed that iceworm tunnels would collapse by the end of 1965, so this base was only good for two years. The complex was evacuated by then, and Camp Century closed shortly afterwards. The nuclear generator was removed, but check this, but much of the nuclear material left behind in the tunnels was buried within the ice under the assumption that it would never see the light of day. <laughs> Which, logic. Thanks to climate change, the secret in all its horrific contents is out. Um, so, basically, what's happening is all of this nuclear waste is leaking out into this pristine ice shelf. Um, <laughs> once, so, what? This the, is awful. It's just I, awful. I know. Um, so, <laughs> here you go. As a result of this, this this base is now being exposed to the world and a slew of radioactive coolant fluid, 20, uh, 200,000 liters, which is 53,000 gallons of diesel fuel, um, 63 gallons of sewage, and a whole bunch of toxic construction chemicals are leaching into the ice sheet. Uh, once the site transitions from net snowfall to net melt, it's only a matter of time before the wastes melt out. It becomes irreversible, lead author William Colgan, an assistant professor at York University in Toronto, said in a statement. If it leaks into the oceans, marine ecosystems may be seriously disrupted. So, at one point, I guess we thought it was a genius idea to just bury all this crap underneath the ice and like, eh, it'll be frozen forever. I mean, that's kind of like the thing, you know? Wow. Wow. I'm so, glad that you found this, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I so I just thought it was really intense that um I find that Cold War era so fascinating. You know, we always read these stories and we play these games about um you know, covert operations and like the United States doing secret covert things and conspiracies and we're like, it's cool fiction, but it's real life. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy because it's like what don't we know? <laughs> An awful lot of Fallout is inspired by Cold War happenings. You can really see it when you compare some of these stories. Yeah, it's... Man, it's it's insane. Now, um, I guess maybe not next week, but soon we have another IRL story that is about a real secret vault. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Looking that's, forward to that one, too. Yeah, so uh, that was our Fallout IRL segment. Project Iceworm. You can Google it for more information. I'm sure Wiki has a ton of information as well. So, yeah. We're going to go ahead and move on to get into our gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, no! That sums up the gameplay for my week of Fallout. But I did play a lot of uh, Insurgency this week. I haven't had a much... Time to play video games. Uh, I dabbled a little bit in No Man's Sky. Played some Insurgency Day of Infamy. I know the Day of Infamy is now a standalone game, which I really, really want. Um, but yeah, I just played a lot of Insurgency. Uh, sorry, guys. What did you do, actually? Well, Rick, I was really counting on you to have us nailed down for the gameplay segment. Because I spent all of my video game time this week playing GTA V. <laughs> I've, I've totally made a personal mini game of trying to fit my car through uh, too small of gaps, like impossibly small <laughs> gaps between other cars. 
do you end up like Austin Powers, just like? Um, no, I'm actually, I'm actually really good at that. I can judge if it's too small, but I can still get through it. So that's that's my week of gameplay. Nice. <laughs> GTA, GTA Five, and uh, yeah, did some did some video game drugs and shot up some clowns, True. and it was it was great. Speaking of clowns, there's an evil clown pandemic running this country. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have seen these Facebook posts. It looks like creepypastas to me. They're like just people dressing up as clowns and it's terrifying. Um, It needs to stop. Yeah, yeah. Clowns are terrifying. Um, But speaking of GTA 5, kind of, I'm really actually looking forward to Mafia 3. Yeah, me too. I cannot wait for Mafia 3. I I think I have to get it. Yeah, I've got it pre-ordered, actually. I'm I'm very excited. How, how much is it? Do you know? It's normal normal video game price. 50, 60, bucks. 60 bucks. Okay, I might yeah. have to do that. I, uh, th- earlier today, I saw that they are not going to be sending out advanced review copies to the media. So I'm, I'm interested to see. I hope that doesn't bode ill, you know, for, for the game. Yeah, I... I this year is going to be so well the next year and so are going to be great i mean you got titanfall 2 you've got battlefield 1 which i'm like for uh and you've got um mafia 3 and a bunch of other games that i was seeing that i'm really excited for so it's gonna be a good year for gaming bad for me this fall is all about mafia dishonored and um and gears um yeah, I'm not into Dishonored and not really Gears. Let me know how that is, though. I mean, it is a fun mm-hmm. co-op game, um, but Gears is a little, I don't know. Eh. I don't know. You're so worried about the story of Gears. And I, I can tell you, I've played all the Gears games multiple times. No clue what the story is for Gears of War. <laughs> None at all. This is going to be a bad... They're big dudes with giant feet, like, kicking the doors. <laughs> it's great. This is going to be a bad year for Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to make time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I promise so. we'll have some gameplay next week that's that's not Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I'll be playing some Fallout tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing some Fallout tonight. So don't you worry, guys. Don't you worry. So that was our really terrible gameplay for this week. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go into our challenge. I was overwhelmed with the responses we had for the Fallout oh, it's haiku. so brilliant. So good. It's great. So um, we're going to go ahead and get into that now. Uh, and Shaleen, this is the first one we have. I don't know if they're in order at all because... No, they're uh, not in any particular order. We'll just... Uh, do you want to take turns reading them? Sure. Why don't you take the first one? The night rads glow bright. Children of Adam weep flesh. Um, Rick, I can't see the, the haiku. <laughs> Rick, what happened to you there? Okay. Um, I, I I had to I had to never mind. Okay, the night rads glow bright. Children of Adam weep flesh. I'm out of ammo from Vendertron. I could only imagine that this is an observation to him killing them. You know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was pretty pretty deep. This is like Adam Cat's poetry night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true. Alright. Oh, right, me. Um, This is from Certified Brian, and his is, Fallout's a good game. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Refrigerator. That's my favorite. (laughs) That's my favorite, too. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. 
Okay. This one was from Ali. Uh, Bottle and Cappy, Moira Brown and Lucas Sims, Fallout Shelter rocks. <laughs> There's a parrot in Fallout Shelter now? Yeah. Yeah. I gave my parrot to Piper. And uh, hmm. I would like to get Piper a, a pirate hat to go with it. It's going to be rad. Fallout Shelter is so good now, Rick. It's really a fun game. Maybe I should check it out again. I've been playing uh, Angry Birds Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Also a fun game. <laughs> very fun. So our next one is from Jem. Visions come easy. After you build me a chair, just bring me some jet. And that's got a picture that's a good of one. Mama Murphy looking all haggard. <clears throat> Excuse me. A moment of calm. Fog moves into the clearing, bringing a deep growl. That's from Anonymous Anubis. <laughs> and I don't know whose this one is, but it's a nice serene sunset. This one's from Creeper Trent. And uh, can you see the notes? It's this one. Oh, right. Notes. Uh, oh, resources are scarce. Bombs falling. Get to the vault. War never changes. What a beautiful screenshot that is. That's a good screenshot. Well photo of a screenshot oh this is a good one too this is another one of my favorites <laughs> i love this captain one. bones continues to deliver let me tell you i love that guy naked and afraid the glowing sea engulfs me death claw approaching <laughs> and he's got this picture from the glowing sea he's got like some filters on there a cool border this death claw is reared back swinging at him and he is in his skivvies and a tricorn hat just standing there calmly. Is that Deathclaw about to strike him, or is it just reciting Shakespeare? It could be. It could be. They may be having a rap battle, or uh, or perhaps he's just shocked at Captain Bones' <laughs> dress. A Deathclaw just... <gasps> and that's uh, that's it for the the uh, visual we, ones. The visual. Yeah. But we have more. Let's see. Where do we leave off at? Right here. Uh, uh, Jim sent another one. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. Um, that one is Original Synth. Oh, my funny Valentine. Who were you before? From Joseph Berwick. Noticing this tweet, thinking, that's not a haiku. Laughing at myself. What? <laughs> it was in reply to the, to the tweet announcing what this week's challenge was, and I thought it was funny. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, and then from Jackson Martin. I am the Adam. I purged the world of man's sins. That was the Great War. It's very uh, reflective on if Adam was a real thing. Yeah, it was. And this one was from Michael. Is that a, should I pronounce that Michelle? Um, the French I, pronunciation. I don't know. He's You're in asking. chat. Let me know if if oh. that should be Michelle is in the French pronunciation. Lots of dead bodies all around the Commonwealth. So many nice hats. <laughs> Love it. That that one was for you, I think. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Archon1123, I can make a gun built from random odds and ends. Scrap metal rifle. <laughs> that's a good one. He said that's right. Uh, okay. Now we know. Thank you. Sorry for, for all of these months of calling you Michael. <laughs> <laughs> this one came from Satric Thrower. The wasteland is ruthless, yet there is hope. Someone is coming, but for now we mope. I don't think that's a haiku. It's not a haiku, but that's I think okay. our, our uh, count is off, but that's okay. It was still <laughs> some good poetry. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and then this one is mine. I did one. Yay. Uh, quiet and good springs. 
stoop to pet the cute Cheyenne firing fat man. It was very good. Very good. <laughs> did you do one? I did not. Did I did not, not do one. I oh. think it's pretty funny that uh, that the knight made a, a haiku and the scribe did not. Um, Random Point pointed out that that was a limerick. The... Ah, okay. So, kind of. Kind of good a deal. limerick. Kind of a limerick. Uh, but yeah, so that was last week's challenge. So we do have a new challenge for this week, and we're going to change it up a little bit again. Um, we're doing an achievement challenge. This week is Psychotic Prankster. So send us a screenshot of you guys being psychotic pranksters. All right. that's. And should we use the hashtag for that shot? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the hashtag um, to upload your screenshot when you upload it to Twitter, use the hashtag FOTRChallenge. And upload those screenshots there. And also, we have new updates in the pit board. Go ahead, Shaleen. Okay, Archin1123 has taken the top spot on the pit board for several of the Nuka Cade games. Atomic Rollers, his score was 7,000. Hoopshot, 8,700. Nuka Zapper Race, 3,200. And Wakakami, 1,900. So if you would like to participate in the uh, in the pit board challenge, submit a screenshot of your high scores on any of the Nukacade games or any of the pit boy games with the hashtag pitboard uh, to Twitter, and that is how you can be included on the pit board. Awesome, awesome. So uh, Fallout OTR recommends. Um, which one do you want? Do you want to take the lore, Shaleen? Or you do the lore because you're the scribe. So I'll do the recommends. Is, am I going to be able to read it? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. Okay. So um, I don't know if it's clear by now, but Shaleen writes these shows because she's a brilliant person. And so when it comes to splitting up these segments on the fly, sometimes she writes them for her. And I, it's, I just, I have, I'm not good at reading. So. Anyway, tonight Fallout OTR recommends The Final Station, um, and it's literally Fallout on the rails. It's pixel art, as you say. It's the, the art design is pixel art? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, apparently, you play as a train operator in, post, in a post-apocalyptic dystopian world. Everybody keeps talking about the visitation and worrying about the second visitation, so it sounds like we've kind of rebuilt... Uh, so it sounds like we've kind of rebuilt after an apocalypse. Um... You you were pointing out the sound is. Have you played this? Yes. Oh yes. Then they sent. Uh, then why don't they you talk sent about me a code for this. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. Just you should have mentioned that. I didn't know you played it. Well, yeah. Um. Sorry, Rick. I, I no, thought you wanted to fine. take it, so that was fine. <laughs> you're fine. Um. I didn't know you played it though. I have no. I have no reason to talk about a game I haven't played. <laughs> Um, it is a very atmospheric game, uh, which is pretty impressive that they've achieved that with the pixel art style. And it does get a bit repetitive, though, the gameplay. There are on-train and off-the-train sections. Uh, when you're on the train, you have several different things that you have to manage to keep the train running. The train's kind of a rust bucket. You know, you have to, it overheats on you. You have to go in and manually cool it down. You have to manage the power manually. There are terminal messages coming in from uh, from different um, people, like dispatchers and stuff, that you have to read and manage those too. Your passengers can die if you do a bad job managing food and medicine. Uh, I learned that the hard way. You restock your supplies in the towns. You have little 
like hoppers full of food and and first aid kits and you have to physically like pick up the the food and carry it over to the uh to the passenger just kind of funny and there's a story and a, a world and the characters feel like they're kind of part of a breathing world it's not um procedurally generated you know a lot of these type of games are procedurally generated this one's not wow there are blocks that stop your train and you have to do different tasks at each station to get the code to get past it. You can't see your character's dialogue, which I thought was a really interesting creative creative choice. You have to sort of infer what your character is saying based on the reaction of the NPCs. It'll just show like dot 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 when your guy talks. And then the character will be like, yeah, I don't know what happened to her. Hmm. And you're like, oh, I wonder who he's asking about. A bit later on in the game, zombies are introduced, and you have to avoid them or fight them and make smart decisions to keep your train running, save other survivors in the towns, and to survive yourself. And I recommend this game. I thought it was really cool, and I would describe it as Fallout Shelter meets Papers, Please meets The Sims on a train. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's Fallout Off Record Recommends, The Final Station. Awesome. And uh, where can people find it to play it? Uh, it's it on Steam. I believe it's also on Xbox. Awesome. Cool. So check that out if you have those platforms. Uh, and then we're going to go ahead and get into the lure. The American Annexation of Canada, which is why we called this Oh Canada. Um, so, yeah, the United States Annexation of Canada unofficially began in 2059. And we say unofficially because, as we all know, the United States likes to just do things. Uh, the Anchorage Front Line was established in Alaska to protect the oil fields from the People's Republic of China. Relations between the U.S. and China deteriorated as the United States put more and more pressure on Canada to allow American soldiers to protect, read, claim the stretches of Canadian land that housed the Alaskan oil pipeline. Um, <clears throat> it is scary how good they are <laughs> when they wrote this story. Uh, mm -hmm. How accurate they were being to what America would probably do. <laughs> in late 2066, China invades Alaska and this... How do you say it? Sino-American Sino War? Uh, I think Sino. Sino-American War began in earnest. In 2067, Canada granted grudgingly uh, permission for the U.S. to bring troops into Canada. Unsurprisingly, the U.S. did not limit their activities to guarding the pipeline. They seized whatever Canadian resources they could to aid the war effort. Canadian uh, Citizens of... <laughs> Canadians, close enough. Citizens of Canada were angered and horrified by the, by the United States actions, which kind of is IRL. In 2070, 2072, there were riots and protests underway from Canadian citizens. The Canadian armed forces attempted to sabotage the Alaskan pipeline, but were defeated. On June 3rd, the United States military announced the official annexation of Canada. You, uh, you, this is a quote. Okay, this is a quote. Oh, General Buzz Babcock. Oh, gosh. You know what's been stopping the Reds from pouring into downtown Juneau? American soldiers. That's what. And now we've got to worry about someone, Chinese, Alaskan, or otherwise, taking out the pipeline? I don't think so. Effective, effectively, immediately, United States troops are beginning a complete takeover of all Canadian assets and resources. Little America is ours, but let's face it, it always has been. Jeez. <laughs> That's awful, right? That's so terrible. <laughs> uh, by 2076, the annexation was complete. 
Wow. Uh, Canada was placed under strict military law. Protesters and resistance fighters were shot on sight. All civil liberties for Canadians were suspended, and Canadian resources and technology were exploited for the war effort. Images of the brutality committed by the U.S. forces in Canada were televised, and many Americans, even among the armed forces, were sickened by the takeover. I believe in, I think, Fallout 2, or was it 1, you see images of playing on the TV of this, like uh, people being I think executed. Fallout 1. Yeah. Is it Fallout 1? Yeah, I think so. And I would like to point out that uh, it was Canadian uh, robot Vendertron who uh, who thought this was a good topic for the lore. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Just just to uh, make that perfectly clear, it was a Canadian that did recommend uh, having this lore segment. <laughs> uh... We love you, Canadians. We know many of you are are from from Canada, many of our listeners, and uh, we love you. Rick and I uh, do not support the annexation of Canada. No. Uh, (laughs) Fictitiously or otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, I gotta say, it's surprising that we have so many fans from Canada. We do. We have a ton of Canadian listeners. I'm surprised. I also have to mention that sometimes I slip and say Canada, and I do not know why. I I do the same thing. I don't know why. I do not know why. So, yeah, that's the uh, lore this week. But we do have a weapon of the week, and why don't you go ahead and take it away? The weapon of the week is Annabelle. Annabelle is a unique weapon found in Fallout New Vegas. This missile launcher appears to have been used in service during the annexation of Canada and in at least one Chinese campaign. The weapon has Annabelle painted on the back and a maple leaf and the stars from the Chinese flag painted on the front. There are seven kill marks on the weapon, four for Canada and three for China. Annabelle has a guidance system that improves accuracy and uses less AP than a standard missile launcher. It's lighter and has a lower strength requirement. You can find Annabelle at Black Mountain. It's being used by a nightkin on the radio tower catwalk. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I just realized, man, we are like only a half an hour into this. Really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. We're wrong. Well... We Almost just, done. How'd this go so fast? I don't know. We have like three extra segments. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we didn't mean to like rush through this. We definitely didn't. Um, but before we get into emails, uh, there was something I wanted to talk about. Now I lost my train of thought. That's no good. Never mind. We'll get into our emails. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it'll come to me while I'm reading this. Um, excuse me. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, but we'll save it for the announcements. Uh, Dear Rick and Shaleen, <laughs> I love it. I can't spell that name right ever. Anyways, you are seriously the best podcast I have ever listened to. And I thought I should thank you. I've just finished my big exams and I would have probably smashed my chair, smashed a chair in my window and climbed out of it during revision sessions if I didn't know that I had a good podcast to listen to when I finished. I mean, 72 hours in one week can do a number. I thought I owed it to you to send my thanks. I've always loved Fallout, from the shoddy gameplay of 1 and 2 to the beautiful yet buggy Fallout 4. You have always, uh, let's see, you have always satisfied my Fallout cravings even when I'm away from the game, and for that I thank you too. Two questions. Did you like the Enclave in Fallout 3 and feel bad for destroying them? I did. And what was your favorite game in the series? Mine was New Vegas. And we can definitely talk about this one a lot longer than we, you know, originally would. So, Shaleen, I'll kick it over to you. Did you like the Enclave in Fallout 3? And when you destroyed them, did you feel bad about it? Well, I did not feel bad about destroying them because they killed my dad. 
Right. That's they true. they totally killed my dad, Liam Neeson, and that was not okay. The Enclave must be punished. But I did feel like there wasn't that much of a difference between the Enclave and the Brotherhood. You know what I mean? Like, what makes you choose one over the other in Fallout 3? You know, going in not knowing any Enclave history, um, what makes the Enclave so bad? You know, when you go back into the history of Fallout in the previous games, um, you see that the Enclave has done some terrible things. But in Fallout 3, I felt like that wasn't really established, that they were that they were a, an evil sort of a faction. I did feel a little bit bad about convincing the president to blow himself up. <laughs> Is that what you did? Because I, I really like the president, President John Henry Eden, and I, I missed his radio broadcasts. Ah, that brings back memories of our uh, first announcement, I think. It was so good. Our episode zero, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um... I, for some reason, always felt like the Enclave was evil, even in Fallout 3. That was the first Fallout I ever played. Um, I just I just kind of knew that they were terrible. And especially with... I, there wasn't much distinction between the Outcasts and the Enclave, I felt. But with the um, Capital Wasteland division of the Brotherhood of Steel, they were definitely the good guys. There was definitely a big distinction between the Enclave and them. Especially under the leadership of, um, oh, well, uh, Elder McNamara, right? No, McNamara was from New Vegas. Uh, yeah. Are you thinking of Elder, Elder Lyons? Yes. Um, under Elder Lyons, they were definitely not at all anywhere near the Enclave, I felt. Um, so I definitely loved destroying the Enclave, go figure. And, uh, that's what I've done every single time. Because, you know, Fallout doesn't really give you a lot of options to take in their main story. Fallout 3 doesn't give you a lot of options to take in their main storyline. Just just really at the end there where you choose to uh, insert the um, FEV, I think. It, no, 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 no. Uh, the what, it, what is it that... You can insert the FEV. That's it, the FEV. I didn't know it was the FEV. I couldn't remember. Um, but you can insert that and, and, and kill, potentially kill everyone who's mutated. So I, I never did that. I always sided with Anyone who wasn't the Enclave, I guess you could say. But I didn't feel too bad destroying them. Um, and he asks our favorite game in the series, and it's pretty safe to say that yours was New Vegas. Yes, that is safe to say. I, I haven't played either Fallout 3 or New Vegas for a very long time. Um, and the more we talk about New Vegas, the more I lean towards New Vegas. Mm -hmm. In this, you know, if I'm being if I take everything into account, you know, mechanics and story and all that stuff, it's definitely New Vegas. I just hold Fallout 3 so dear because I know those locations. Mm -hmm. And it was the first one I ever played, so... You want to know something funny, Rick? I've been thinking about this over the past week. Oh, no. The more that time goes on, the more fond feelings I have for Fallout 3. Oh, yeah? So we're kind of switching here. Well... <laughs> I, I definitely don't think Fallout 3 is a superior game mm -hmm. by any stretch, but it just, there was something about it, it's hard to explain, that was just so endearing, and I don't know what it was. But New Vegas definitely is a better game by far, as far as story and, um, and uh, you know, weapon mechanics and that, and that, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that's so funny. Um, what do you miss about 3? Um, three 
had a really different sort of feeling. And this may just be mostly nostalgia uh, talking, but I three had a really great sort of sort of a vibe around it. Um, it was, I don't know, I just have so many fond memories of Fallout 3. And it may just be because I've played 3 more recently than New Vegas. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I did that, that last trophy run before Fallout 4 came out. I was really immersed in Fallout 3. But I just keep thinking of like all the great things. Three Dog and the Republic of Dave and Underworld and just so many great things. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite Fallout because they're all so good. Yeah, I, they all have their instances. I mean, Point Lookout was delicious with its lore and the terrifying feeling of it. Um, Fallout 4 was great mechanically. Um, and I thought the environment looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely don't think Fallout 4 is as good as New Vegas or 3. Um, but I see Fallout it's 4... It's very different. It's very different. Yeah, they're just... You can't even really compare um, other than just enjoyment factor. And, and even though I think I've played Fallout 4... I can't really say I've played it more, but I've played it a lot more recently. I actually mm -hmm. don't even have Fallout 3 installed at the moment because I, have to, I had to un uninstall it from my main hard drive to move it over and I just haven't reinstalled it. Um, but, but yeah, there, Fallout 3 was just, I think it was because it was most of our first experience with Fallout. And if it wasn't our first experience with Fallout, it was our first, first person experience with Fallout and, um, Bethesda's take on it. So you had like that Elder Scrolls goofiness crossover into Fallout kind of, and it just had a certain feel to it um where obsidian obsidians was <clears throat> excuse me um i felt a bit more serious and mm -hmm. the world was more solidified in in like new vegas was solidified excuse me solidified in the world of fallout whereas fallout 3's world felt a little bit more goofily settled in fallout um mm -hmm. That was my, you know, my opinion on it. I mean, it's so hard to pick a favorite because they're all so genuinely different. It's, that's absolutely true. I There are a lot of things that I don't like as well about Fallout 4, um, like how the voice protagonists seem to limit role-playing ability. Um, but there is so much that will stick with me over the years with Fallout 4. Like the amazing voice acting from the protagonist, you know, that's, it's really well done. So it changes the experience. You know, I, I, I'm not really going to, uh, to make the same goofy characters like I have in previous fallouts with fallout four, because it's mm -hmm. just not the same. It doesn't work as well, but I do feel like my soul survivor. That's my main soul survivor is totally, um, a deeper character for the voice, you know, for the voice acting. It's sort of, I don't really think of her as me though, you know, and I think of her as sort of like Commander Shepard, you know, it's, it's very equivalent to Commander Shepard for me. Like I'm seeing her story. Yes. Um, yeah. And the shooting in Fallout 4 is, is darn good. It's really fun to play Fallout 4. It never feels like, oh gosh, this is, this is just, you know, an obstacle between me and the next cool thing I want to do. You know, it feels like this is a fun thing that I'm doing right now. And the writing in the ISOs is incredible. I feel like the more recent fallouts 
the writing doesn't really compare. It really doesn't. Yeah, uh, you know, the combat in Fallout 4 is delicious in the sense that it feels just so good. And I, I've got to say the sound in Fallout 4 is, is, is wonderful as well. It is quite um, good. I, I'm a big fanatic when it comes to the sound of weapons and how they feel. And I remember playing Bad Com Battlefield Bad Company for the first time. And you'd go inside of a building and you'd fire a weapon and it would be so loud and echoey because you're inside of a house, right? Just like bang, 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 and it reverb out like, you know, and you're, it'd sound like you're firing a weapon in, in, you know, close quarters. And Fallout has that same kind of feel and you can feel like when the bullets hit the enemy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have um, impact. Yeah, they have impact. And the other Fallouts didn't really they didn't really have that same kind of impact you know i think what really helps is definitely that nvidia uh graphic the debris um when you're just firing a minigun and there's just chunks of a wall flying flying out um it feels so good uh but at the same time you're right it feels like you're kind of watching a video game rather than participating in it as far as mm -hmm. the character is concerned um and uh, the other ones, you could, you could, especially in New Vegas, you could genuinely be evil in it, you know. Mm -hmm. You could genuinely be evil in, in 3, too. But even but in Fallout 4, you really can't be evil. Yes, you're just grouchier about accepting the quest. <laughs> yes! You're just inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. um, until Nuka World came out. And then that definitely opened up the door to be evil. But um, it just takes a hot minute to get up to that. And I'm still kind of working to that point. But yeah, um, it's definitely safe to say that we have our personal favorites, but if we were to pick one, can't. And know. yeah, my favorite Fallout right now is probably not my favorite Fallout in a, a couple of months, you know? Oh, They're yeah. all our favorite. They're all our favorite. We love them so much. Right, which is why we do this podcast. So why don't you take the second, uh, second one? Sure. Greetings, fellow vault dwellers. Pitboy Gaming here. I have been following your podcast for quite some time now, venturing from the Capital Wastelands to the Commonwealth. Tuned in since episode zero. I have admired you guys from afar, iTunes, and I'm just starting to get into the community you guys have formed. Let me just start off by saying it's been a long and crazy year for me, from being a custodian at college, a box boy at JCPenney, demolition work, right back to being a custodian again. All the jobs I worked hard at while listening to you two and the Rooster Teeth podcast on a loop. I am sending the email to inform you that I'll be making some appearances in the chat um, and challenges. I will not be regular on the live stream, uh, but I'll show up here and there. I am excited for the episode on the 23rd because not only will I be tuned in to watch the interview with Jan Johns, but it is my birthday. Happy belated birthday, Pitboy Gaming. I am currently on an achievement run through Fallout New Vegas and was wondering if either of you would be able to help me out with some tips on getting through the game in hardcore mode. So what are your hardcore mode tips, Rick? I have some, but you can start. Um, I don't know if he has this or not, but the Vault 13 Canteen, if you have like the, the Game of the Year edition, really helps. Um, I'm trying to think. I've only ever played that game on hardcore so it's all just normal to me obviously keeping food keeping purified water always have dirty water to turn into purified water um i found that putting points in survival mode or into survival doesn't really help at all like it's kind of irrelevant there's enough food and water lying around that you don't really need it um 
being able to make ammo, especially different types of ammo, is imperative. Um, you know, combat is is a big. You don't really have to worry about surviving because again, there's a lot of food and water laying around, and even drinking dirty water isn't that big of a deal. So worrying about your combat is is key because people will do a lot more damage to you. Uh, sniping really helps in hardcore if you're kind of getting through it for the first time. Um, st obviously, stim packs, making your own stim packs. I think you can. It's been so long since I played New Vegas. It's hard to it's hard to remember. You can make your own stim packs. No. Xander Rude and a and that's, a yeah, that's right. What's the other thing called? Rockflower. Uh, yeah, that's right. So what I would usually do when I started out in in hardcore mode is always go for the most experience you can. So you can totally loot everything from Doc Mitchell's house and um, take everything there and you can sell it at the good at the Good Springs General Store. Do all of the tutorial quests with Cheyenne and Sunny. Sunny. Oh, I think we're up. <laughs> Are we up? Oh so. good deal. Okay. Well guys, uh, Rick's power went out. <laughs> So that's uh, that's what happened there. Yep. But we're back, and uh, I had a couple of hardcore mode tips for Pit Boy Gaming. Uh, one of those is to sp uh, spec your strength real high and make a melee character, and then you can just sell all your guns and ammo. Uh, you don't need them. They have bullets have weight, and that makes it hard to balance sometimes. But if you just don't use them, that's real good. And earlier in the chat room, um, Joseph Tao said something to the effect of just beat the game before you get hungry and thirsty. That's what I did. When I did my uh, achievement runs of, uh, of New Vegas on Hardcore, I also did it very fast. Um, it doesn't take that long to finish a game on Hardcore mode. Uh, I think I took like 10 hours or something and just ran through it. Uh, with a melee character, and uh, that's uh, that's pretty much my advice for for New Vegas hardcore. It's just you know, melee. <laughs> melee. Yeah, melee. Psh, nah. Melee. But hardcore is actually not that difficult. It's all I ever played on. Mm -hmm. it, like the the day one of Fallout, uh, New Vegas was just, yeah. So you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway. And you can, um, if you're scared, like of hardcore mode, you actually, you don't have to play it on a hard difficulty. H hardcore mode and difficulty level are separate. Yep. So you can crank that sucker down to easy if you want and, uh, and just run through it. Yep. That you can. Awesome. All right. Anything else to add to that? That's it for my, for my answer to that question. Woo. Awesome. Thanks for writing in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Do we have any announcements? Uh, just a couple. Our Josh Sawyer interview was featured on the Mr. Maddie Plays YouTube channel. That's that was cool. Was. That was really cool. So thanks, Maddie, for, for the shout out. That was cool. And uh, Companion Month starts next week. If you have any Fallout 4 companion-related emails that you would like to send, go ahead and get those rolled in. Definitely. Uh, I know that we were all... I, I know that a bunch of you are definitely... Um, asking for the companion stuff again. So that'll be every single episode in October, and we will be doing Let's Plays with that as well. And, luckily enough, they can't die. So Yes, that I, will be a first for us. Yeah, because I think every other time I did, I killed them all. 
So, yeah, we can look forward to that next next week, actually. Holy crap, I can't believe it's already October. That means I gotta get busy. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you do. And someday my board will come. Someday my board will come back. But anyway... In the meantime, you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can tweet at Shalene at Shalene L. And that is spelled S H A L I N E L. That's all on Twitter. You can join our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Fallout OTR. And you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallout OTR. You can also email us at falloutotrgmail.com. You like this video? Yeah, you like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork, and sign up for alerts to be alerted when we go live, as well as other shows on this channel. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and in fact, our interview with Jan Johns is now live on iTunes. Sorry for the delay. Yay. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you would like. We shout out our five-star text reviews. So if you'd like to be shouted out on the show, please leave us a review so that we can read. Five-star reviewer shout-outs tonight is R. Is R? Whatever. Adrian at Nerdspot Studio from Australia. Uh, good day, sir. And Zombie Puma Kitten, which sounds terrifying. And Nate Shapiro, which I always feel like is an NPR anchor. Yeah, like, I'm Nate Shapiro, and this is the news. I think Shapiro is the last name of one of them. I think that's why I keep getting it. Like, every time I see Nate Shapiro tweeted, I'm like, really? And then I remember, yeah. oh, it's, it's <laughs> not the... Um... Not that we don't want you tweeting at us, Nate <laughs> I, Shapiro. I it just it psychs me out. So we record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Network slash live. And please check out the other great QGN shows streaming live on YouTube, such as Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, QGD&D, and Dancing with Daggers. Thank you so much for listening. And Shalene, what is the last word? Try not to die. Have a good evening.